Welcome to the God Focus Podcast, and this is MJ standing in for Awesome Angie this morning as she's at a conference. And today we have Yolanda, Sam, Billy Bushy, and myself, MJ, and we're going to talk about our favorite stories of the Bible and different things that we liked about um, just either books of the Bible or particular stories and how they affect us and so today we're going to start off with Mr. Bill Bushy. Bill, what's your story about this morning? What do you love? Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, world. Good morning, believers. Uh, good morning, just everyone on the planet. And uh, glad to be here with you, Mike and MJ and Sam and Yolanda. And um, I'm going to talk about Daniel. And um there's really uh, two stories. One where Daniel is thrown in the furnace <laughs> with, with a couple other men. There's three men, Shadrach, Mesach, and Abedegano, bowed, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And, uh, you know, God, God protected them. And there was a, a fourth uh, form, like the Son of God. And... Um, you know, so Daniel was protected in the fire and came out and, uh, you know, he was thrown in there for, you know, um, basically answering the uh, King Nebuchadnezzar's uh, dream and vision. And uh, the, um, you know, it's just amazing how, you know, they heated it, it said seven times what the furnace was supposed to be heated. So they got it as hot as they could get it. I mean, you know, it would melt a sword probably. And, uh, you know, God just protected them in the fire and brought them out. and Everyone survived. And, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar was, you know, pretty much, uh, I mean, uh, were, they were all amazed. And, uh, you know, it says the princes, governors, captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon those bodies the fire had no power nor was a hair of their head singed neither were their coats changed nor the smell of fire had passed on them you know i mean that's just i mean <laughs> i mean can you imagine seeing that miracle wow i mean you know and it happens all the time firemen running in and, you know taking care of everybody but i mean that was just you know really good and then also the story when daniel uh gets uh thrown into the lion's den you know so i mean and it's just a really uh uh biblical book uh it does uh uh portray some end times uh relations to the book of revelations you know and uh i just like daniel you know i mean uh you know he was a man after god and he wouldn't defile himself with the meat and uh, you know, didn't eat and it kind of pissed the king off, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, it, it's just, but I mean, there's just a lot of, of really, really uh, neat things in Daniel. So, I really liked it. And, you know, Nebuchadnezzar by Daniel himself was called like the king of kings. I mean, he had power, he had a kingdom, uh, he had a far reaching uh, realm, and uh, he was, uh, you know, very rich and wise. and uh, a respected king and uh you know so i mean uh there's a there, there's a lot in there and then also i think nebuchadnezzar 
actually grazed on the grass <laughs> uh, from uh, um, uh, like he was spited by God or whatever. And he was like an animal out there eating amongst them and, and grazing in the grass because of uh, not willing to submit and uh, recognize, you know, Daniel was a messenger of God. So, um, you know, God's got our back. I mean, if he can protect Daniel on the fire and he can protect him from the, the lions, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, I mean, he can do anything for us, you know, anything. So, I mean, that's all I got to say about that and nice and short and sweet today. And, um, love you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. William. And, you know, uh, Daniel was such a, you know, when they were, when the Jews were captured, uh, Israelites were captured, you know, it's, it's interesting that here's Daniel, he, he becomes a favorite because he was so smart and he could interpret dreams. And that's where he fell in favor uh, with the uh, king. And you're right, you know, here he, his friends get thrown into the fire. And um, I, I, all I remember is when I was a kid, we always call them um, Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed, to bed you go, <laughs> is what we would call it, to bed you go, because uh, we could yeah. never say it the right way. Uh, anyhow. But that, that's a great story because it just, you know, God's favor on you uh, and, you know, you do the right things and here you go. And the, even through all these trials, uh, these guys always came out on top because God's there for them. So awesome. Anybody else got any thoughts on that particular story? I just think, I think it was really um, amazing and powerful, as my little friend just said. Um, <laughs> Yeah. that uh, yeah. you know they're they're in this fire and the people that threw them in the fire were burned up mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> the people that threw them in yeah that's right Yolanda. And yeah that, yeah and that i mean that in itself tells you like if if, if you can't believe that there's a god <laughs> right that story right there alone i mean especially to protect them and like when they came out, they didn't smell like smoke. They did, there wasn't a hair on them singed. They weren't. They, they didn't burn at all. Nothing. <laughs> right. It, it, yeah, it's just so it's so amazing. So amazing. Yeah. What a god. What a god. Okay, so Yolanda, you're next up. What's your uh, What's your story about? And introduce your little friend, if you wish. Um, go ahead with what you're talking about this morning. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so. I'm going to speak about Esther. Um, later, my little friend is going to speak about Job. Job. <laughs> yes. Her name is Hannah. Her name is Hannah. Hannah. Thanks, Hannah. Um, so I like the story of Esther for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, number one, uh, the Jews weren't really respected back then during that time period like around uh the, i think it was like the persian empire maybe mm -hmm. um and uh it was it was amazing that when uh king xerxes decided to choose another wife 
they picked from a, a handful of people and one was Jewish and that was Esther. Um, what, I, what I really, really loved about this story is the fact that she trusted in God so much that she risked her life to save the people. Because she said, um, if, if the king doesn't receive me, if I perish, so I'll perish. So she trusted that much that, that God would uh, protect her and uh, that she wouldn't have to worry about anything because if she perishes, she'd be with him. Um, and she took the risk. Uh, what had happened was Haman, he, he, he despised the Jews and especially Mordecai. Mordecai was her uncle and um, he was always at the gate. And so he was trying to get rid of all the Jews and especially Mordecai. And so um, Mordecai refused to bow down to him. It's, it's, it's interesting that a lot of the stories, the people that were devout refused to bow down to the people that think that they're all that. <laughs> um, and rightfully so, because, you know, the in the commandments, God says, you shall have no gods before me. And um, you, shall, you shall not, like, worship any graving in- images or the idols. And so they were doing what they knew they were supposed to be doing, honoring God and everything. And uh, she, she gets some, she gives, Mordecai gives her a message about what Haman has done. He built like a gallows or something to, to put them to death. And so um, when, uh, yeah, the, the king signed the decree that that's what would happen. And so um, Esther took herself and she decided, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to talk to the king. Now, the king, <laughs> usually you couldn't just go in there and talk with the king. You, you had to be asked. He had to, he had to give his scepter to you to say you can come. And she took a risk because what would happen if somebody just went in there and talked to the king, they'd be beheaded. They'd, that would be the end of them. And so that's why she said, you know, if I perish, I will perish, because she knew that she was taking the risk going before the king, even though he had not asked her to come to him to talk. He, he, she took that risk. What was really cool is that, you know, God worked in his heart because when she came in there, he didn't have her beheaded. He was concerned that she was coming to him. And I think part of it was that she said she was so beautiful. And so I'm sure he was like, why is my beautiful bride coming in here? What's, something must be wrong. And so he accepted her. He, he extended his scepter, and so she was able to talk to him. And that was like really, uh, that didn't usually happen. Um, in fact, he had his first wife, Vashti, <laughs> uh, beheaded because uh, she refused to come to him when he did ask for her. So that shows you how they, you know, those kings had these kind of power. And so I love that story because she risked her life. 
she did what she knew was right and she saved her people because what ended up happening is uh Mord- mordecai was raised up he was he was put at a high position and haman was put in the gallows the one that he had built to kill off the jews so i just it's just a it's just a beautiful story beautiful story yeah and a- a- esther was jewish i forget um yeah, yeah she yes. was she was jewish um, right. hadassah was uh the name that was given her mm, there you go yeah yeah I've seen that movie before, and it, it was, I think, well done. Uh, it's got a couple really good actors in it. Okay, anybody got any thoughts to that particular story? Do we want to do Job real quick? I like the fact that he had done nothing wrong to uh, have all that, thing, all those things happen to him. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't do anything against God, even though that's what his friends thought. Right. Um, yeah, so Anna's going to speak. Okay. I like that he trusted in God when times were tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Big time. Yeah, we can all learn from that one, can't we? Lots of bad stuff happened to him, but, you know, he got through it. And what happened in the end for him? He was saved. He was saved and everything was given back to him tenfold. He ended up. Well, by the time he had passed away, he had a lot more than what he had before. But yeah, losing your whole family, it's pretty tough. That's a great story that, you know, we could all get back behind that one and just say, hey, you know, there's going to be lots of things that happen to us. But, you know, we just believe in him and we'll get through it. All right, well, let's go with Mr. Sam. Sam, what's your uh, story about this fine Saturday morning? My story is the Good Samaritan. And that comes out of Luke chapter 10, 25 to 37. The very first part of that uh, chapter speaks of a person trying to, uh, to trip up Jesus, uh, you know, asking him, um, you know, basically how, you know, how you get to heaven. And, uh, you know, it was basically a gentleman who, um, you know, quoted Jesus, but then he asked, you know, who is a neighbor and what is a neighbor? And that's where Jesus used the story of the Good Samaritan to reflect what a good neighbor is. And of course, every, everyone knows the story, but the Good Samaritan obviously um, was the gentleman who really, as you read the story, was not the one who you think would have provided these services to the, uh, the fellow that was, you know, hurt on, on the road. First came a priest, and you would think, well, gee, a priest would help that uh, person, but no, the priest walked by on the other side. Uh, next was a Levite. And a Levite during the, the time, um, you know, did have some responsibilities, religious responsibilities and so forth. But again, the Levite was the one that walked on by the, the uh, gentleman needing help. And so the last person 
that came by was the Samaritan. Now the Samaritan was not of an area that was respected by those that were in Jerusalem or in the southern part of that uh, of of Israel there when this gentleman came by immediately went to the aid of of the fellow and by helping him uh, not only did he pour oil on his wounds and uh, heal him there on the road but he then took him checked him into an inn and he paid for that individual's uh, stay there at the end. And he told the innkeeper, look, here's some money, two silver coins. And he gave it to the innkeeper, take care of him. And when he came back that way, he would pay whatever else was necessary to have covered this gentleman's debt. So Jesus concluded, in your opinion, which one of these three acted like the neighbor? And of course, it was the Samaritan, the one that was generally um, not reflected of well in that society, but it was the Samaritan who helped. And so it, it's always the, I guess the underdog is the one that is the one that, uh, that comes to the aid and not those that you would think would be in certain positions that they naturally would would uh, would help so that's uh, my my portion of that story yeah yeah that's that's a great story in fact i think the first person who walked by him on that road was a rabbi you know mm -hmm. a religious person walked by him and did not stop to help him it's like oh my gosh they really have some troubles you know if they're you know, taking up the cloth and still won't take the time to help somebody who's in dire needs there. Oh, but anyhow, but th there's a great version of that um, story. If you guys ever hear of the Angel Network uh, or the Angel, it used to call used to be called Vivid Angel, V-I-D Angel Network. That's the one who uh, the Chosen was using. Um, four years ago when it first started. Um, but anyhow, there's a new movie out on Angel Network and it's free, it's on the internet. If you just look it up on uh, your computer, you'll find it, Angel, A-N-G-E-L. And um, look up the, the show, the movie, the movie's called Testament. And it's a new version of some of the stories of the Bible. and what it is, is basically they're acting like, um, let's say, um, Jesus lived just 20 years ago here in the year 2000. Let's say Jesus was alive in the year 2000. And now it's been 20 years later, and these guys are still running from, you know, the authorities, quote unquote. And so it's based in these days. And using all English actors, so you got to get your English accent on if you're going to watch this one, <laughs> but they do do the story of the, the Good Samaritan, and uh, it's, it's really quite powerful, so if you ever have time, look that up, uh, the movie Testament on Angel Network, so, all right, anybody else got thoughts on the Good Samaritan? 
I like that um, God used the Samaritan, especially because they were hated and despised. And so it was neat that he was able to show them that your neighbor can be anyone. And it could be someone that you, that you supposedly hate because God uses anyone. He can use anyone. Right. So I like that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And in the chosen, you know, they use the story of the good Samaritan um, by showing, um, talking about one of the guys who created the problem. Uh, that's how they decided to go about it. So they end up using one of the guys who beat up the guy on the road and, um, and still Jesus blessed him by having his disciples help uh, work a field um that he obviously could not work because his leg was all messed up from trying to rob this guy so if you ever get a chance to watch the chosen i believe that's in uh season two um and that could be one of the first or second um episodes in season two i don't remember if it's number one or number two but it's a great great story of you know just reaching out and helping people, you know, with what you can. I mean, there's, there's times, you know, I just can't go by an accident and um, pay for all the people to get, um, to get hospital care, but I can help them get to the hospital. You know, if, if I'm put in a position where I, I can help somehow, I just need to help on every, whatever level I can help. And if it is paying for it, great you know, pull out the checkbook. Let's get it done. You know, that's awesome. Any other last thoughts before I go on with my story? Roll on, good Mike. Roll on, <laughs> the MJ man. Or as Yellow would say, <laughs> I'm going to roll out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, baby. All right. So mine is the uh, story of five, uh, five loaves and two fishes. And um, this particular story is actually in all four uh, of the Gospels. It's in uh, Ma Matthew 14, chapter 14. It's in John 6. It's in Mark 6. And it's in Luke 9. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all have this story in their Gospels, which, you know, once again, the Gospels are four different accounts of what, you know, they had heard or seen, you know, it's, it's both, it's stories they were told, but it's also stories that they actually saw of what Jesus did. And it's just like watching an accident. You know, you could put four people who see a car accident and they can tell you four different, slightly different versions of what that situation was. And same thing with this story, you know, this is a bunch of people who, uh, you know, I think it's in John or something. They have John uh, talking about uh, the disciples got in a boat and went across Galilee and went to the other side. And the people had followed them as much as they could. And when they got to the other side, sure enough, there was a bunch of people over there. So they went up on the hillside. Because it would back in those days when um, Jesus talked, if he could get up higher than the people, uh, your voice falls. Gravity pulls your voice downward, which is interesting to note. 
And so he knew that. So he would sit on a hillside and these people would listen to him talk. Well, they all get there and um, Philip asks a really neat question. He says, well, what can we feed these people? They've been sitting here for so long because they let them gather. So they had been sitting there for who knows how many hours or whatever before Jesus spoke. And Philip said, you know, what should we feed these people? And that that was kind of a test for Jesus because he's basically thinking, well, what do you think we should do, Philip? And eventually Andrew walks up and says, this little boy here has a couple fish and five loaves for his lunch for his family, but he's willing to give it um, if it helps. And so Jesus, you know, took that. Uh, and this is where he, he uses that prayer, you know, of thankfulness and asking you know, because he's doing both here. He's being thankful that they're, they do have something. They're using what they have, which is five loaves and, and two fish. And they're going to use it to thank the Lord for what they've been given, but ask for more. And that's what I think the hugest blessing is here, is that he's asking to feed other people. He's not asking to feed himself. He's asking, I want to feed all these people. Here's what we got. Can you multiply it, Lord? And here we go. This is where the miracle jumps in. Next thing you know, all the disciples are walking around with these big baskets full of uh, bread, uh, barley loaves, and fish so that everybody in the crowd could eat. In fact, they had gotten so much from Jesus, so much food, that when the whole feast lunch was over, they could walk around and pick up enough to fill up 12 more baskets of food so that nothing went to waste. But at the end of the day, God gave them more than what they had asked for. And I think that's the most powerful thing about this story is that here you go, here's a miracle because they didn't have enough to feed everybody. They asked the Lord, here's what we got. Please multiply this and help us, and sure enough, that's what happens, and so, you know, it's that asking and forgiving, um, asking and um, thanking, I'm sorry, I didn't mean forgiving, um, and it, it's funny, it's the old testament of fill their tummies, and then you can fill their hearts, you know, um, I always think it's so interesting that our pastors would always tell us, go, you know, ask people to go out and have lunch with you, you know, let's go to church together and let's have lunch afterwards. You know, it's that food thing that seems to drive people. And, you know, um, once again, here we go. And Angie, if she was on right now, she'd always say, yeah, it's always something around bread. You know, <laughs> bread is the biggest thing. It's, it's the carbohydrate that seems to get everybody to get saved. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I know Dallas Jenkins uh, uses this in the in the chosen coming up in season three. Um, you're going to be seeing the uh, five thousand being fed, so I can't wait to see that. That should be coming out November 18th uh, in the theaters. They're going to do um, the first and second episode uh, in the theaters so that people can get that theater, you know, feeling and be around other Christians um, and just other people you know, 
if you haven't seen this yet, they in the chosen, they took 10 people, um, I think Gen Z uh, kids, I think that between age 20 and 32 was the ages, and they put 10 people in in a room just telling them they're, they're going to watch a drama. You're going to watch this drama. And sure enough, all the all the people had a hardly any religious background, but they all loved it. And um, I think seven or eight of them um, got uh, saved and baptized out of it. So that's pretty huge. Anywho, that's my story for the day. And I think it's a neat story. You know, in fact, Dallas talks about in his life how he was down to five loaves and two fishes and then he had a moment in his life where he didn't know where to go next he had a, a little bit of money left and a little bit of uh things left but they were starting to go backwards big time in their family um for his his work and that's when the idea of the chosen came out <laughs> so what a huge you know once again he got more than what he asked for so any any last thoughts here or should we wrap this puppy up and enjoy another week together? Oh, I was just gonna say <laughs> I love all the different stories in the Bible. Yeah. They're very encouraging. So like when you're not <laughs> when you're not doing well and you need a pick me up, so to speak, uh reading the word is very encouraging. I mean, yes, there are some discouraging parts, <laughs> but overall it's very encouraging yeah that's why the, yeah that's why the lord gave it to us he gave us that written word through the prophets so that we could sit here in 2022 and just look at that and say yeah i'm i'm going through that myself and thank you lord for being there always so well with all that said let's just wrap this baby up and say and all the good people said Amen. 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 So if something's being said during this podcast that's really pulling at your heart right now and tugging at you right now, just say this little prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. You died for me. And thank you for coming into my life. You are my Lord and Savior. And by saying that prayer, you're bringing him that much closer to you and just saying thank you for being there always with me, Lord. So I hope we've helped in some way. Jesus is always there for you. Just use that power. Thank you for listening to the God Focus Podcast. And if we've said something today that has helped, we do have two action steps you can do with our program Number one is we have a prayer team. If you'd like us to pray for you, just email us at godfocusedpodcast at gmail.com and we could put the prayer team on your situation. Secondly, if you have the financial means to help us, we are right now trying to improve the quality of the podcast with technology and editing. If there's any situations you can help with us, we have a custom program right now we're building for a custom membership, and then we'll have membership packages down the road. Please email us at godfocusedpodcast at gmail.com, and we can send you that information. Thank you for all your help and love through Jesus Christ, and God bless you. Have a great week.